Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. This is Pastor Dan with another God Talk. We started a message yesterday on why so much suffering from Daniel chapter 3. And uh, we've all known suffering. You know it, and you've had people around you. Maybe you've had less than others. Maybe you've had more. But you've certainly had the questions. God has all this power in the world. Why doesn't he use it more? So we started the message with Daniel chapter 3, where the music played, and they had a chance to bow down. They refused to bow down. They bring him to the king. The king says, I'll give you one more chance. And they said, uh, if we are thrown into the furnace, our God is able to save us and rescue us from you. So we start with that. Rabbi Kushner didn't know what to do when his son died at nine years old. And he, how do you choose between God's goodness and God's power? And so he gave up God's power. He said, God's just not powerful enough to be able to conquer all evil. So all God can do is come alongside. But these three young friends of Daniel, they could not do that. They said, our God is able. The same God who opened up the Red Sea and all the rest, he is still able. But then they said, in verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods. Ultimately, that's what God wants to hear, even if. <laughs> even if we're never compromising, we are never bowing down to your image. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 and 18, even though there are no graves on the vine and the barns are empty, I will still rejoice in the Lord. That mother whose one daughter had a wedding on the same weekend as her daughter died asked me to do the funeral. And they said, Dan, preach on Habakkuk 3. Even if, even if, no matter what, we're not giving up on God. So you have to wonder what Daniel's friends thought. If God was willing to bring fire down and Cain and Abel, if God was willing to bring fire down and lead Israel, God was willing to bring fire down on <laughs> with Elijah, now would be a good time, God, to put a little fire down here. Let these Babylonians know who's God and who's boss. They think they have a little fiery furnace. Come on, God, now's the time. And God's silent. Silent. What are you going to do with that? But never mind, they will never give up on God. So now we come to what I call the big five. And you're going to get a strap of paper and write the five down. These are my five anchor points I've hammered out over the years. It doesn't say everything I could say, we need to say about evil and suffering, but at least it's a few anchor points maybe will help you. Number one, even good people are going to suffer. We just have to acknowledge that. My father was a terrific human being, missionary, pastor, cared for everybody, went all over the world, devotional life every day, paying tithe, living a careful diet. Great father would come over to my house help me work on my yard or whatever we needed to do. The last thing he and I did together at 72 years old was help move a poor family that just didn't have anybody to help them, and they were both sick when we got there. And I said, Dad, can you come? And he came and helped me out. That's my dad. A thousand people came to his funeral, and he died. Truck hit him while he was doing his morning walk. My grandfather, saint of God, Daniel Venden, Preached all over the world, won thousands of people. Conference president in two conferences, pastor of big churches. Just a saint, beautiful man. I'm named for him. I'm proud of that. I was in college when he died. He was down the hill from Pacific Union College. Lie there on the couch with his Ellen White books and Bible and his white shirt and tie, waiting, sure God was going to heal him. And thought, well, maybe it'll be the last minute at the very end, and that'd be the glorious miracle for the glory of God. Didn't happen. He died. 
Look at the book of Hebrews. Bible says even the saints, the best of the best, the spiritual superstars, they all suffered. Hebrews 11, 35 and 36. They were tortured and they were whipped. Some died by stoning, some sawed in half, others killed with a sword. They were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All of these people got honored because of their faith, but none of them have received what God promised yet. Later. Revelation 22:12. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. When do we get our reward? When he comes. Not today. So we just have to acknowledge that good people are going to suffer. No matter how much faith we have, we're not going to win the lottery every year. We're not going to get A's on all our exams. And we're not going to pray away this terrible virus that's all around us. Uh, we can do the best we can. We can social distance and wash our hands and do many things. But it's not all leaving just because we pray good people are going to suffer. Number two, God is only good all the time. Some people want to say that God is sort of a mix of things. I want to say God is only good and that I'm going to settle that. And he doesn't have to dance and do a miracle for me every day in order to prove it and convince me about it. I uh, grew up with that. If God wasn't doing miracles and answering prayers, and I certainly met people like that, then they gave up God's belief in God's goodness. Told a story in church the other day about a man he was going to go see some of his friends. In, back in the day, they were in the missionaries, I think, in the Eastern Europe somewhere behind the Iron Curtain. And he was going to make a trip to go over there. And uh, he wanted to give them some gifts. They went to the market. This was months ahead. And he said, God, help me find some things that will be a blessing to them, that they'll enjoy, and that the customs will not take away. And he picked out a few things. He travels around Europe, and then he ends up with these people at the end of his trip. It's months later. The last day before he's getting on a plane to come home, he goes to the teenage girls, and he said, you know, I know you have a lot of things you can't get, but if there's just one thing that you wish you could have that you were hungry for, what would it be? And they said, uh... Boy, we missed Reese peanut butter cups. He went back to his backpack, pulled through that. There was Reese peanut butter cups. Hand it to them. They're so excited. He says to the mother, maybe I'm taking a chance here, but if you just could get one food that you're hungry for, what would it be? And, uh, and she said, oh, I've, I've missed some fruit cocktail and oranges. We just don't get enough fruit. Went back to his bay. Sure enough, can of oranges, can of fruit cocktail. Brings it out for her. What are the odds that's going to be three for three with the dad? He goes to the dad and he says, okay, what What would you like? No one likes what I like. It's um, tapioca pudding. I'm sure you didn't bring that. Goes back to his backpack. Sure enough, tapioca pudding. Three out of three, six or nine months ahead of time when he prayed that God would give it to him. Now it doesn't happen all the time. We're thankful when they come. But we want to say we don't have to have those things in order to believe in God's goodness. Romans 8, verse 32, If God didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? And God is saying, how can you question me? I shouldn't have to give you a miracle every day and answer every single prayer and do whatever you want, or you'll give up my, your relationship with me. I gave you my son. I gave you my very best. I poured out heaven. I emptied heaven of the very best. I watched my own son die on the cross, and you questioned my goodness, and I gave it up. 
I was a, I've been a pastor for 45 years. I have seen a lot of bad things happen to my people. And as a young pastor, I, I used to kind of feel like, you know, had to make some sense out of why someone did it well. God chose this. I said, no. Certain point, I decided to settle it. I was never going to doubt God's goodness again. He didn't have to dance for me. He doesn't have to answer my prayers. If I'm the one that ends up sick, I'm not going to have to, just have to make it well in order to prove to me that he's a good God. God is good all the time. The cross settles it. If we doubt God's goodness, then we doubt the cross. And uh, I don't want to do that. So let's uh, wrap this up for today. Nothing separates us from the love of God. God is always good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Romans 8, nothing separates us from the love of God. Let's just settle it. God is good. Period. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is God Talk. I hope you'll come back to us again. May God bless you today. May you feel the presence of God. Pray for goodness everywhere you go. And we'll come back and we'll wrestle with that again tomorrow. God bless you all.